Man, give God a round of applause. Isn't it good to be in his house today? And it's so good to be in his house today. Thank you, Tanner, for leading us in worship. Dude, um, the counters just told me this morning. And um, I have 403 today. We're, we're back. And um, been on the phone this week with four different pastors who resigned or got fired or struggling with their churches. And the church in America is dying. And folks are running away with fear, COVID, everything else. And um, just trying to encourage them to hang in there. Been a horrible month for us. And for the first time uh, in 14 months, nobody got saved, baptized, or joined the church. And um, sometimes you wonder, are we still gonna keep this thing going? And we've ever needed the gospel, David, if we've ever needed the gospel, the light shines brightest in the darkness. Thank you for being back in the house. We need you, and I hope that you need each other in being here this morning. It's so much better being back together. Amen. Give God a round of applause. So glad to be here this morning. Man, it's so cool. We're talking to you guys about life's healthy choices in this sermon series and uh, life's healthy choice. In week one, we unpacked this verse uh, simply called, Blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And it's Luke's version of the Beatitudes. Uh, it's possibly a different sermon. We call it a sermon on the plain versus a sermon in the mount found in Matthew chapter 5. And in week 1, uh, talking about blessed are the poor. Man, our church resonated with that. Man, I'm poor, but I don't feel blessed. So anyway, well, it's talking about being poor in spirit, humble, searching, at, searching after God. And we call this the reality choice. The reality choice choice is simply this, and this is what we define for you in the summary of week one. Reality is you're not God. He never asked you to be. And matter of fact, reality number two is, is that you cannot stop yourself from your tendencies to do the wrong thing, to make the wrong choices, and go down the wrong pathway. The reality is you're not God, and you have no power to stop yourselves from doing these things. And we gave you a word picture in week one of what it's like to be imprisoned. And we talked to you uh, how that uh, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, we find ourselves imprisoned because of our habits, because of our hang-ups, and because of our past hurts. We're living in this imprisoned cell, our lives are driven by our habits, our hang-ups, and our past hurts. Now look at me this morning. Summary of week one, Jesus came to release you and set you free. He wants to give you freedom from your hang-ups, your hurts, and your habits, and he wants to help set you free. Until we admit that reality, we're never going to get there, which led us into the second beatitude that, that we find in uh, the Gospel of Luke chapter 6, and we simply called that the transformation choice. And in Luke chapter 6, verse 21, he says this, Blessed or happy, remember we translated the word out from the original Greek, happy 
are you who hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. And the word visual that we gave you last week was the, we went back to the Old Testament, we unpacked Genesis 32, told you the story of how Jacob, at a miserable point of his life, his father-in-law, wives, uh, his brother, everybody, every conflict you could ever imagine, you've never been in a darker, more uh, frustrated season than what Jacob was in, and yet at that very conflicting moment, an angel of God shows up and they literally have a WWF wrestling uh, southern match and the and Jacob hangs on and he says I'm not letting go the angel says you got to let go of me and Jacob says I ain't letting go until you bless me and that was a perfect word picture of what Jesus was saying if you want to be happy you got to get hungry enough for me that you'll wrestle with God until he blesses you. You're not quitting. And, and the truth of the matter is, and what we ask you to do in practical application of the transformation choice is simply this. This is how God blesses you. This is how he makes you happy. You get hungry enough for him until you're going to wrestle with God and you're going to hang on until he blesses you. So that means practically. For those of you, and this is what we help you guys figure this out, what it looks like to wrestle with God. If you're coming one Sunday a month, to our church, then give God another, give God another Sunday. Start coming too. If you're coming two Sundays a month, give God another Sunday and start coming three. If you're spending two minutes out of your week in your prayer time and hear journals, give God another day. Give him five minutes. Wrestle with God until he blesses you, Rebecca. Join a small group. We had 180 people last Sunday night meet in 20 different homes studying the message about transformation. Our folks are coming together, they're getting discipled, and they're learning from one another how to really wrestle with God until he blesses us, Drew. So here's the challenge to you guys, is we're going to do more, spend more time with God until he blesses us, and that lands us where we're at this morning. Oh, by the way, by the way, just to encourage you guys, when Jacob wrestled with God, you know what happened to him at the end? Here's the blessing that he got. God said, the angel of God said to Jacob, what's your name, boy? It was a southern angel. What's your name, boy? And Jacob said, and you know, it was God's angel, Bobby, so he pretty much knew Jacob's name. Jacob, in the original Hebrew, means deceiver, and he had lived that out. He was a deceptive lion, you know what? And God said, because you want to be blessed by me, I'm going to give you a new name. Song number two today, written down in glory. I'm going to give you a new name. Oh, and it gets good right here. I don't have time to get back there, but I'm going to give you a new name, son. And the new name is Israel. Y'all ever heard of Israel? The whole nation, all of God's people come from Jacob that became his new name. I think the man was blessed. I think he had a pretty happy life from that point forward. God wants to give you all a new name, written down in glory, but you need to be transformed by him. That lands us to where we're at today. Welcome, man, you all caught up. 
All right, you ready? So here we go. Uh, week three, we're talking about this third choice that God wants to give you. It is called simply the hope choice. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter six again, and we're going to be at the second half of verse 21. And today we're talking about healthy choices in our life. What are the healthy steps that God has outlined in his word for us to be happy, blessed people? Reality, this is who we are. Admit we're not God and we need his help. Transformation, we're going to wrestle with God till he blesses us. Get hungry for him. And now today, number three, we're going to find out that God wants to give us hope to bless us and to be happy people. You ready? Here we are. Blessed are you who weep now for you shall laugh. And you all are going, what in the Frankfurter are you talking about? You're going to preach on hope, and you start out, and Jesus' pathway for you to have hope is to weep. I don't know about you, preacher, but man, I think your cheese has slipped off your cracker because your definition of hope and mine are two different things. Jesus' definition of being happy is way different than mine. Remember the word blessed means happy here. And so here's what I want you to write down right at the beginning of this message. We're going to drill you right between the eyes today, all right? We don't sugarcoat it. Jesus' path to comfort and hope is entirely different than our path to comfort and hope. Well, dude, if that's what you're saying, Jesus says our pathway is to weep, that is an entirely different path than I would pick for myself. And we're going to help you figure that out, and you already know it, you're just not admitting it. Jesus says, blessed, happy are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. He goes even deeper into this in verse 25, and he says, let me give you the woe. Remember what we learned about last week? What we learned, Alan, when you're riding a cow, whoa, all right? And so what does that mean? It means stop. So he's saying to us, <laughs> sorry, I got so much hit on last week for that. All right, woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. He's saying, y'all got to stop. You got to stop going down the wrong path. You all are trying to find your joy and your laughter in this life. And guess what, buttercup? It ain't happening like you thought it would. Anybody got a witness? So why do we keep killing ourselves trying to do stuff in this life that makes us happy when all the while Jesus says, I got a different path. And it doesn't make sense to you and I, but we're going to get there this morning. But you're going to hang on to the end because I'm going to tell you it makes sense when we put it all together of what Jesus was talking about in this passage about how to be happy. And, oh, and by the way, you realize this morning that y'all's personalities, American culture, has lied to you. You're not going to be happy because you have an optimistic, sunny-side-up personality, and everything's roses for you. I got news for you. There's storms coming. Optimism and happiness will help for a few days but it will not last. You just being optimistic will not last. Have you watched our country? And you know the big lie, and this has been taught in our churches because this is what we want, our preachers to say this stuff. I'll tell you what, I grew up in America, grew up in the South, pulled myself up by my bootstraps. Y'all don't even know what bootstraps are. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't work because you don't pull yourselves up. 
It doesn't work. It will not last. Your life is going to come crashing down. And trust me, when you get in your 50s, you can't even get your John Brown boots on. So I'm just saying it. You need to quit listening to that lie. And hope doesn't come by you denying that you're in pain. Hope doesn't come by you denying the reality of how sucky your life is in this season. Well, that was great. So let me illustrate what it looks like in your life and mine. Your propensity and mine to go down the wrong path. How many of us have been on the wrong path? All right, go ahead. Some of y'all need to raise both hands because some of y'all really jacked up. So when you're having kids, let me illustrate it for you this way. When you get a little, my age and uh, 40 years ago and you had a date, uh, you, you get to my age and your kids are all grown, you forget, you ready parents? You forget what a pain your kids are. You forget how frustrating that it is, and you feel like the only word, if you're a parent right now with a kid, the only word that you even have to have in your vocabulary is no. It's always no. Stop it. Quit it. No. Y'all get a witness with me this morning? Y'all, y'all are, we're going to have to trade you out with the first service. Are y'all with me this morning? Is that not where you're living at? No. All right, you with me? So, uh, but when you have grandkids, you get back to realizing what a pain Y'all are. Little Nora, our two-year-old, perfect, beautiful granddaughter. Ashlyn sends me her mom a video of my granddaughter. And it goes like this on the video. She's got a little bitty case, looks like a suitcase for her size. And she's got it all packed. And she's holding the suitcase in the kitchen. And Ashlyn says, Nora, I mean, she's just perfect angel. And she looks at Nora and she goes, sweetie, where are you going? And she looks and she has an attitude. I don't know where she gets it from, but she has an attitude. And she looks back at her mom like, that's a stupid question. And she looks at her mom, it's on video. And Nora looks back at Ashley and she goes, I'm going to Nana's. And, uh, and she goes, what do you mean you're going to Nana's? And she just looks at her like, I'm done with you guys. I've been on this path. Not ha I'm not having it anymore. I'm done. And she literally just turns around and goes to the garage to get the car. I don't know how she thought she was going to get to Nana's, but man, she was going to Nana's. And the truth of the matter is, is that we all are sort of like Nora at one time or not in our life. We keep choosing the wrong path. And we all make different choices. Y'all know it. Uh, we, we, in this room, we all have a tendency to do our own thing and do it our own way. Uh, and, and look at the diversity in this room this morning. Y'all are choosing different paths. Uh, some of you uh, choose the path that you want to be a Republican. And some of you choose to be Democrats. Uh, some of you uh, choose the path that uh, you're an Ole Miss fan or you're a Bulldogs fan. Some of you choose mask and vaccines. Others of you don't. Uh, some of you choose, and let's just illustrate that probably the best way is through your music selections. In a room this size, we all got different choices of what our favorite genre of music is. Good job playing today, by the way, Matt. Some of you all are a little bit country. You remember Terry, Donnie Marie? Uh, some of you all a little bit country. Some of you a little bit rock and roll. 
they're all going, who's Donnie and Marie? <laughs> anyway, they're a couple of old dead people. Anyway, uh, so I think they're still alive but hanging on by a thread. So anyway, they still look great. Uh, anyway, and so uh, you've, got, <laughs> you've got, you're a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll, and then some of you are like the oldies, all right? So we got the, you know, 80s is the best music. That's crap. Y'all. Anyway, uh, and so uh, you, got, you got the oldies. Some of you are into rap, and then y'all are going, preacher, you're in God's house how could you not mention what probably the majority of the room really likes in their music? And I, I'm with you. Hang on. I know. Y'all love reggae. <laughs> uh, and so here y'all are. You love reggae. And so what you talking about, Mon? <laughs> You've never seen a reggae, Mon? Uh, Okay, okay, anyway, and so, uh, so we have our different choices, and some of us go down the path of humor, and some of us don't, okay? All right, anyway, and so we have our different paths that we choose in line, and all of that is said to say simply this, and I want you to write this down. Our paths are about how I can get to a place of comfort and hope as quick as possible, We're making the wrong choices. We're choosing our own path. And unfortunately, we're doing it just to get relief in our hearts and our lives. And I'm going to run through this quickly this morning, but I've got to really, I've got to drill down to this. And y'all are not going to like it, but we're going to go there because this is what Jesus is talking about in Luke 6, 21, weeping. We need to weep over what we're not happy about, and we need to get frustrated, and we need to tell God, you're looking at me this morning, we need to tell God, weepingly, I don't like this. Y'all keep running from your pain, and how's that working out for you? And I made a list in praying through the message today, and this is going to tick some of y'all off, but it's never bothered me before. And the truth of the matter is, is that when we have pain and difficulty in this life, and this is what Jesus is saying, y'all have this magical thing that, well, I'm, not, I'm supposed to be you know, happy every day here. No, God never promised you that. And you keep numbing yourselves to your frustrations. The first one, we choose alcohol. Had a hard day at work, frustrated with situation, don't want to go home to my husband or wife. And so I drink, and I drink until I forget the pain that I'm going through. My comfort and hope is in my bottle or my can. It may be drugs. We really get onto these guys, stay away from drugs, and it's true. And we tell them, man, you don't need to be smoking that, you don't need to be doing that. And why do we tell them that? Because you're just trying to numb your reality and the fear of being a teenager in this generation. And so we yell at them all the time about, you guys, there's a better way to go. And it's true. And yet I wonder why they're so tending to do that when mom and dad are taking all kind of prescription drugs to numb all of our pains and to get through our day. And I'm not saying that they're all bad, But I'm saying we need to be careful of why we're doing this and how we're doing this because we don't really like the reality of our life. Yeah. What about sex? 
Billions of dollars are spent every year in a wide variety of the sex industry, from the porn on your phone to the illicit relationships. And yeah, we've watched folks in this church have affairs and do other things because they think if they just get that other person, that other man, that other guy, that other lady, (laughs) and uh, they have that situation that they'll somehow be happy. I'll find comfort and hope in my sexual, my validation. And listen, this morning, it's a lie. Ladies, young ladies, you don't need a guy to validate who you are. You're wonderfully and masterfully created in the image of God. And if you want them to get that message, then you need to cut out the porn on your phones and at home as well. And let's live this out as moms and dads. 50% of the room in church are addicted to pornography. And we wonder why we're not happy. Yeah, what's gotten awful quiet in here? What about entertainment? I'm not trying to be the old geezer here. But we spend more time on our phones, more time watching TikTok videos. I want you to go to your screen savers, our screen time on your phone this afternoon, not now. Matter of fact, the truth is, there's half of you in this room that can't even get through this service. And I'm talking about all of us in this room, no matter your age, you can't sit through a church service without looking at your phone. I double dog dare you to put it down for one freaking 40 minutes and just listen to God, and you can't do it without looking down at your phone. We've got a problem, and we wonder why we're not happy. How much time did you spend on your phone this week? Look at the screen amount of time. TikTok videos, Instagram, whatever stupid thing you got, you got to look up the latest sports update. Guess what? It'll still be there when you get done. And then look at the amount of time you spend on your screen and then tell me that you're struggling to do your devotions or to get your butt at church. We're going to have 200 next week. (laughs) Know how to kill a church. Pick me. Just a couple of more. Let me talk to you guys in the millennial, Gen Z's, whatever y'all are. And, um, and we love you. But the truth of the matter is, this really hits the younger crowd a little bit more, I think. Is we love to play the self-pity party. And what's very popular today is to be depressed and overwhelmed. And I understand why you guys are going through that. I mean, it is a dark season in our country's history, and it sucks. But the answer is not to go down the path where you lock yourself up at home, you go to your bedroom, you turn off all the lights, pull down the shades, and you have a self-pity party about how bad your life is. And ironically, your, your philosophy is, I hate people. I hate going to work. I hate going to school. I don't want to be around people. Now let's talk about the hypocrisy of what you're doing. While you're in the pity party, while you're in the dark room, what are you doing feeling sorry for yourself? You're on your phone with people playing video games because you can't get up and go to church. You're playing video games with other people. You're on your phone uh, watching Instagram and all the other people, and you're commenting on all the other social stuff. Don't tell me that you don't want to be around people because that's your little self-pity party. Not too consistent, are we? Ouch. We go down the wrong path. 
Yeah, and let's, hit, let's just hit them all, preacher. What about anger? There's some of you that you're abusive in your relationships and you need to stop it. You're mean because you want to control the people around you. And that's your way of dealing with your own stupid insecurities. Stop it. And then what about eating? This is going to be the first time. I'm sure the Methodists did it, but the first time a Baptist preacher has ever preached on a gluttony. And the truth of the matter is, the reason we got so many fat preachers, what are you laughing at? The reason that we got... <laughs> First time I ever get him to respond to my sermons. He's been here 13 years, moron. Anyway, uh, and uh, <laughs> love you too, Ethan. And the truth of the matter is, what are you laughing at, Donut? And, and so the truth is, is that why do you think we got so many fat preachers? Is because we are so insecure and we're frustrated that you all won't come to church and do all this stuff. And so seriously, we eat because we're just scared to death that we're going to lose everything. All of us struggle. Why do we overeat and do all this stuff? Because we're trying to find comfort. And then we call it, what is it? What's the big thing today? Comfort food? <laughs> That's called a big pot of chili. And, and anyway, sorry, I'll get hung up there. Um, what about the workaholic? Last one. We kill ourselves to live the American dream so I can retire with all the toys. And then at 65, we get sick. And we get diagnosed with cancer. We die. Or worse yet, reality is we're just too dang tired to care. <laughs> and we killed ourselves all those years to get to that point. There's one word that describes all of this. Maybe I didn't hit your thing. But there's one right word that describes the wrong path that y'all are choosing, and it's escape. Write it down. We're doing all of this stuff because we want to escape the pain of our lives. And the problem is, is there's so many things in our life that, uh, and, and all this list, and listen to me this morning. I'm not up here saying throw out your phones and, and, and I, I, listen, all that list I just gave you outside of baby pornography, all the list I just gave you, there's not necessarily anything wrong with most of that stuff. You hear me this morning? I want to clarify that. There's nothing necessarily wrong with all that stuff. But the question is, why are you doing it? And how much time are you spending doing it? And I think this is the reason. We want a comfortable life. Write this down. We want a comfortable life that will not comfort your soul. It's not going to work. So Jesus gives you the antithesis to what y'all are doing. He says, weep. Weep in this life. This is called coming to God and saying, this is what I'm unhappy about. This is who's sick in my life. This is what I don't like about the kids at school. This is the teacher I can't stand. This is where my life didn't turn out like I thought it should at my age. And as we weep, before God, we realize this truth. There's only one path. There's only one path that will help me realize that what I do have is in God and what he can give you, what he can give when no one else could give it. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you will weep before me, you're going to realize all this other paths that you're choosing, they're not sufficient, but I am. This is what weeping looks like. And if you're going to really Truly, Jesus commands this. He says, man, I want you all to be happy. 
He says, if you want to be happy, then you've got to quit living this way. You know, we're the only ones, and you think about it, and let me illustrate it to you one last time, and then I'm going to give you some practical takeaways from Luke 6, 21 of what weeping really looks like. But let me illustrate it to you, one last picture, word picture here. Um, going down the wrong path. You know, anybody in here ever watched a movie? And you know what happens in a movie? Y'all go home this afternoon, and you watch your movies, Hallmark. And so you watch your movies, and here's what's going to happen. In the beginning of the movie, everything's going to go great. And then in the middle of the movie, things are going to tank. And then the end of the movie, it all works out. And y'all, it's boy, this is your classic Hallmark situation. Boy meets girl at the beginning of the movie. Boy almost loses girl in the middle of the movie girl comes back boy happy and that's how the movie ends but you know what you all do you all accept that on hollywood you all accept that in 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 uh, on the screen but you know what you all think this is how you're all trying to live your lives and it's stupid this is how you all trying to do your lives boy meets girl gets girl boy gets better girl and in the end boy gets even better girl life doesn't work that way your life doesn't keep getting better because you try to do everything right guess what he never promised you that this life would work out he says i want you to understand just because you go to church just because you do everything right doesn't mean that it's all going to be roses and everything's going to come out good blessed are you who weep now for you shall laugh. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Okay, pastors, thanks for that encouraging positive note today. God wants you to take a different path. Would y'all like to know this morning what a different path looks like? Would y'all like to know this morning what a different path looks like? What Jesus was saying in Luke 6.21? Can I give it to you? Get out your notes this morning. We're going to see. Pastor Rick Warren has some fantastic notes on this. I'm going to borrow what that means in preacher's terms, steal. Uh, and I'm going to steal and share with you guys this morning that this is God's path for finding hope. Number one. Here we are this morning. Let's wrap it up. Number one. This is what God's path, this is what weeping means. Hope begins when we see who God really is. Oh, this is money. Hope begins when we see who God really is. This is where it starts. The problem is the evil has lied to you about who God is. Listen to me today. Every day you guys wake up, and this is, what, this is why you need to come back to church and do it more often. This is why we want you in your, in your here journals and prayer time. This is why we teach you all these models here at our church. And you want to know why? Not because we're being legalistic and you check off the box that I went to church today and I read a Bible verse today and somehow, no, here's the reason why we're trying to push discipleship on you guys. Join a small group because you know why? Every single day, you go to work, you go to school, you get up in the morning, the TV, the media, everything is trying to take you to hell with it. It's telling you how bad it is, how dark it is, how we're all going to die. And God is saying, I created you. I love you. The problem is, y'all listening to the liar. And what we're going to tell you about every Sunday is an almighty God who loved you enough to send his son from glory to walk on this planet, not just walk on this planet. In it, but to live for you and die for you and raise again on the third day. Y'all need to remember that. 
This is why we come to the house. Because we can need to remember who God is and get our mind off of the negative. Remember who God is. What he did for us. Matter of fact, here's what the Apostle Paul says. Who is he to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. You know what? The, I want you to leave this up for a minute, Heather. Do you, you realize that y'all don't think this way? Because this is truth? Do you know the way we think? Because we don't remember who God is? Let's just be honest. How do you view God? Do you know how we've been raised? You know how we've done church? And I've preached some of this kind of crap too as well. The truth of the matter is, you know how you all view God and why you don't come to church like you should and why you don't do all this other stuff? Because you really do believe God is out to condemn you. God is out to zap you. God is out to get you. I'm a fellow believer in the lie. You want to talk about the big lie? This is it. God is out to condemn me. God is constantly, let's just be honest, man, God is out watching and looking over my shoulder, ready for me to screw up, and you don't disappoint. Are you with me this morning? You're, you believe that God is constantly looking over your shoulder, waiting, you to, waiting on you to screw up, and you don't disappoint. And this is the wrong view of God. It's a lie. This is not who God is. God is not a condemning God. Christ Jesus is the one who died for you. Does that sound like God? He's more than that. He was raised at the right hand of God. He's interceding for us this morning. Do you not understand who God is? He loved you enough that he left the glory of heaven. Does that sound like somebody that came to condemn you? We're going to change that this morning. And we're going to show you. We're not just going to preach at you. We're going to help you do this exercise this morning that I want you to do on a regular basis in your life. And I want to teach you how to see God as he is and quit listening to the liar. This isn't the invitation time. We're going to finish out with two more thoughts. But I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to do something that Baptist churches are not supposed to do and listen to the Holy Spirit. And I believe his spirit has settled down on this place this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Now, I want you to pray with me this morning while I pray and I talk. And I want you to worship God. And I want you to thank him for who he says he is. And, you've, and to quit listening to the big lie. If you were reading in your hear journals with our Connect Church this week, we've been in the end of the Gospels. And here's the scenario. And even if you didn't read with us in the hear journals this week, Maybe you've heard this story, and if not, it's your very first time. You're going to be ready to be blown away. But those of you that know Jesus this morning, you need to remember who God is. And he's not looking over your shoulder to condemn you. And here's why we know that. Because of what Romans 8.34 says. But it's also what we read in our hearer journals this week. Would you just worship and thank him right now that God, remember what we read this week, has sent Jesus and we're into that last week and the last hours of Jesus' life. And remember how we read in John 17 through 19 that Jesus was in the garden praying. And remember 
what his disciples did. You read it this week. His disciples couldn't even pray with him one hour. And then when Jesus was arrested, they vowed that they would stand with him. And do you remember what Jesus went through for you? And you think he's out to condemn you? Jesus had all of his 12 disciples abandon him after he was arrested. Not one of them stood up and tried to fight for his freedom. Does that not sound like somebody that loves you? Say amen. And then he allowed, this is God. This is the second part of the Trinity. Allowed himself, the creator of the universe in your body, allowed himself to be nailed to a cross. You read it in the scriptures this week. God was pierced and blood, that blood that we sang about this morning from Emmanuel's veins is pouring down the cross to wash your sins and mine away. Does that sound like somebody that came to condemn you or somebody that loves you? Say amen. And not only while he was on that cross, wounded for your transgressions, but he looks down from the cross, and you remember you read it with me, and there's Mary, I think it's in John 19, and he looks down and sees his own mom, and she's crying profusely, and her friends around her. And don't you know that at that moment that Jesus could have called on 10,000 angels and said, Mama, I don't want you to weep like this. Mama, I don't want you to go through this. But Jesus endured watching his mom be tormented because he loved you. Again, somebody needs to say Amen. And then they spit on him, and they cursed him, and God was placed in a tomb. Would you just pause right now and just go, God Almighty, please forgive me of the other paths I've been going down. Oh, God, forgive me of looking at you as a condemning God. I weep before you and go, I am so sorry. Thank you for loving me that much. Would you tell him that right now? Thank you for loving me that much. Not condemnation, but love. But now, as we close this prayer time out, you, you, you worship him because you realize that God was in a tomb. God was in a tomb. But then the earth began to shake, and it shook like it's never shaked uh, before, never shook before. And all of a sudden, the stone was rolled away, my friend. Would you worship him right now? And that rock moved away, and out from the tomb came God. And Jesus walked out of that tomb. And not only did he walk out of that tomb, and he didn't just go away, but right now, today, this morning, at this 11 o'clock hour, Jesus is at the right hand to the Father and he's praying for this boy and a preacher and he's praying for you where you're sitting at right now and he's saying come to me all you are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest somebody say amen is that not hope now would you look at me this morning whoa is that not better you ought to see the smiles on your all's faces because you've got hope you've got hope Jesus didn't come to condemn you. 
Jesus came to love you. That's who Jesus is. Quit listening to the lie. And this is what we want you to do every week here. This is why we want you to spend more time. The truth is, God came to love you and not condemn you. Number two, and that gives you hope. Number two, hope will not last until I see who I really am. The truth of the matter is, is that we're really good at hiding things. (laughs) Look at me this morning. (laughs) Uh, Y'all got to quit trying to hide it. I I, I got good news for you, and you're not going to like this. But the truth of the matter is, is we see you're ugly. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Kevin. Uh, we see you're ugly, and uh, the truth of the matter is, and by the way, every, you all keep trying to hide your little problems and all of your faults and your wars, and guess what? Everybody else sees them. Everybody else knows you got them. Quit trying to hide your ugly, and guess what? Come to Connect Church. Because I want you to all look around. Look around the room. Look right now, look around the room. We got a whole lot of ugly, amen? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, what are you looking at, Grant? Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that look around the room, and guess what? We want you to know at Connect Church, don't try to dress it up. Don't try to come here and act like you're better than anybody else. You come to this church, and I want you to look around this church, this church at Connect Church. Everybody in here is broken. Everybody in this room is broken and screwed up, and welcome. Welcome to the family. Because we're in this together, broken, wounded, and messed up. And here is where you'll find hope. Here's where you'll find love. Here's where you'll find acceptance. Come as you are. And I think that's what Jesus wants you to remember today. Y'all keep trying. And here's the big mistake, number three, that we keep making in our lives. How do you get hope? Hope happens when God changes me. There are two negative reactions that we have to change. There are certain personalities in the room this morning that you're like, I just don't have time. I'm just so busy, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to be happy. Well, are you kidding me? And number two is you are sitting here this morning and you go, I've tried to change a thousand times and it never works for me. It doesn't work for me. I'm just not cut out for that. Stop it. Here's what God says to those two excuses. He gives power to the faint. To him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall feel exhausted, shall fall exhausted. Oh, this is good. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Look at me this morning, ladies and gentlemen, what the truth is, what God says, who he is, is he says, it's not all on your shoulders. It's not up to you to be happy. It's not on you to solve all of your problems. You, you think the lie is, is that you know what? I've got to change for God. Would you stop listening to that lie? We're not asking you at this church to change for God. 
We're, God's not asking you to change for him. Are you getting this? The old way of thinking, send it back to hell where it came from. I don't care how long you heard it. It's a lie. What God says is let me change you. You don't change for God. And you don't have to carry it on your shoulders. You simply let God change you. And when you do, he will give you supernatural strength to run and not be weary. That's hope. Will we stand together? <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we've come in this place this morning. And as we get ready to sing a verse of invitation, you're inviting us today not to change ourselves, but to let you change us. Not because you came to condemn us, but we weep before you this morning and we come to an old-fashioned altar. We pray where we're standing this morning. God, I admit that I've been trying to do this. I've been trying to numb all my pain. I've been trying to escape my reality. And God, here it is. This is where I'm at. This is why I'm not happy. I don't even know why I'm not happy, but I'm tired of escaping. And today, I come to the God who loves me, who gives me hope, and the God who can change me from the inside out. If God is speaking to your heart this morning and you're ready for him to renew your strength, will you come as we sing? Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 10.30. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like to answer, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.